Welcome to the new TV Gold podcast from Media Week's Andrew Mercado and James Manning, a podcast for people who love great television. Welcome to a new episode of TV Gold, the weekly television podcast from Media Week with me, James Manning, and my special guest, Andrew Mercado. Welcome back, Andrew. Thanks, James. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Look, I'm pretty excited this week because, you know, some weeks you get one show that's really good, some weeks you get two. I'm pretty happy with about everything this week. I'm okay. a, bit, a bit of a spoiler off the top. <laughs> oh, I'm going to disagree with you on at least one of them. Oh, great. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. So I've been talking about a couple from Netflix. The first one is Beef and then Transatlantic, both surprise packages to me. I'm going to be talking about The Power, a new series featuring Tony Collette. And gee, she's a, a busy actress. She seems to be um, churning out a lot of TV. We're going to reference the blockbuster episode of Succession. And I'm going to talk about my ranking of the top 10 streaming services. And we've got an email from a listener overseas. Wow. So remember, we want to hear from people who listen to this, please. Don't forget our email address is comments at tvgold.au. So that's comments at tvgold.au. Can I start with beef? Oh, you have to. I think it's... (laughs) We have to talk about this first. I've got so much to say about this. This is just an amazing show. I mean, it's arrived without too much hoopla, hasn't it? I think it's um, there was no big, you know, oh, this is going to blow your mind, this series. But that's pretty much what it does, doesn't it? You, yeah. You know, it's uh, 10 half hours. Um, it just rocks along at amazing speed. You're never sure where it's going to go. Um, you get to the end of one episode and you've just got to get into the next one. Uh, it's, it starts off with a road rage incident and how that consumes, I guess, the, the lives of the two people involved. But it's not really all about road rage, is it? It, it goes on a much, a much bigger journey. Well, I think the road rage is just sort of used as a metaphor to explain where these people are and why they're so angry with life. It's really about anger. Um, I mean, the two lead characters are, are filled with rage and then you sort of have to, you know, follow the story to find out why they're so angry and what they're going to do with it. But I agree with you, James. In, in terms of Netflix series, it's like it's one of those series that Netflix had back in the day where it was so compelling that everybody was watching it. Nobody knew where it was going next. I mean, I find this kind of startlingly original and, you know, we talk about a lot of TV shows here and I can go, well, that's uh, another version of that and that's another version of this. But Beef feels very original and, and I can't compare it to anything. It's right out there on its own. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it's come from the um, the A24 studios um, who've got a pretty amazing track record. Uh, yeah. They were behind the film, everything, everywhere, all at once. And I think they also did Euphoria, um, a series for HBO, um, which a lot of people liked. I never really got into that. But gee whiz, this um, uh, beef is just incredible. Starts off with a beef, the road rage incident. Um, yeah. The two main protagonists, Danny and Amy. Danny's played by Stephen Wen, I think it is. Best known probably for character of Glenn in um, The Walking Dead, also Oscar-nominated yep. for his role in Minari. And Amy is Ellie Wong, who was um, – I don't know a lot about her. She was in something called American Wife, 
which I don't know much about, but it's been going for five seasons. I did come across her as Mindy in Emily in Paris, though, and I don't know if you might remember from um, a show you liked, I think, um, oh, what was it, uh, Tales of the City? Oh, Tales of the City, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think of her as a comedian, um, and, yeah, I just I just think she's great in this. You know, the simmering rage below the surface of her as she tries to carry on with her life, you know, the uh, the other character makes it quite clear that he's pissed off Danny, but, you know, she's pretending that everything's great with her husband and child and her business. But, yeah, uh, yeah she is just a simmering hot mess. <laughs> Danny, Danny is a, like a, if you like, a failed building contractor. He sort of, yeah. his life is just going along from sort of one financial crisis to the next and he's, just just hanging on, if you like. Amy is sort of a self-made entrepreneur. Is it like a plant shop she has? I'm never quite sure how she made her money, but she's on the cusp of selling the business in a, a big deal that would theoretically set her up for the rest of her life. Yeah, very much so. And I love um, Maria Bello as uh, the woman that she's trying to sell the business to. You know, she's a great actress. It's great to see her in this, yeah. Yeah, the um, the showrunner Lee Sung Jin. He said the the original idea came from a road rage accident, a road rage incident that actually involved him. Wow! And he started following someone one day before he said maybe came to his senses and thought, "What am I doing?" <laughs> but but he sort of referenced that and it came back to it. Look, yeah. just. We so you've got to be careful here. No spoilers, but wow, episode nine. I, I don't know how far you've got. I've finished I the got whole lot. Far into it, I'm about three in. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see where it's going. Yeah, well, don't miss episode nine. Whatever you do, I've okay. watched them all. Like I couldn't stop. I was um very diligent. I thought, look, I've just got to keep going this week. I'll uh, I'll, I'll I'll change a few things and and find some time. A, a little shout out to the soundtrack too, which is um getting quite a lot of attention I noticed in the press and um a lot of sort of overlooked 90s tunes um including I think a couple from the Smashing Pumpkins and one uh, one of this a song called Mayonnaise which is well really really just takes over a certain scene. I won't say where it is or or what happens, but yeah the the soundtracks are a real gem as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm very, very happy with this. It's, you know, I love it when something does arrive unannounced like this, but you know when you watch that first episode that this is going to be one of those shows we're going to put on our list at the end of the year for the best shows of 2023. Yeah, this is definitely going to be up there, isn't it? So, yeah, that, yeah. that's um, that's beef on Netflix, 10 episodes. They're all up there straight away, so um, go and get into it. Look, let's stay on Netflix now this one surprised me a, a little bit. I, I, I like the. Um, I don't know if I referenced it briefly last week. A, a story about an American journalist working in France, not far long after the outbreak of World War Two, and how he gets involved in helping refugees flee uh, Nazi-occupied Germany. And yep. look again, I've watched all of these. It's seven one hours. Good Lord, uh, have you? Geez, you've been busy this week. <laughs> Well, I just really got into this. I um, I just loved it. It was such a such a rich story, and it's based all on. I mean, these these this actually happened. All the characters are real. I guess there's a bit of dramatization going on, but it's it's just an incredible story. 
Wow. Well, you know, I didn't like this at all, James. <laughs> I I just couldn't. I just found it was like I just didn't believe it. Uh, I, I'm shocked to hear that it's based on real people because to me it just felt like the biggest think fantasy or you know i just didn't buy it from the moment um that first character sort of arrived the rich american girl as played by jillian jacobs you know that was throwing cash all around the place and just picking random people and trying to get them onto boats to go to america i was like really i just <laughs> buy it at all james yeah look it's i i can i get the feeling for for why you might have felt that it was very i thought very theatrical it was a bit like watching a play um it wasn't low budget but they didn't they didn't spend a fortune on um effects or or big big setups they didn't really recreate any of the war but but i think it was pretty much filmed on location in and around marseille right which was the apparently the last free port operating in uh in Europe when the Nazis sort of started occupying countries and was the last place ships were leaving bound for the US, which is yeah. why a lot of um, Jewish refugees in particular, you know, who'd, who'd managed to get out of Germany um, and then flee Paris when the um, Germans moved in and then they sort of got down to, there were still sort of cruise ships heading back to the US and people trying to get on board. So you know, I thought it was good, Mary Jane. Yeah, she she's okay. I don't know much about Gillian Jacobs. She was in Community and another series called Love. Didn't watch much of those. No. Um, Lucas Albert played um, played by Albert Hirschman. He's sort of a, a German Jewish refugee and a freedom fighter who sort of eventually falls um, falls in love with some of the characters. He's quite a, a good-looking chap. Um, the U.S. consulate's played by Corey Stoll, um, who is one of my favourites. He was two big roles, uh, Mike Prince in Billions. He, he took over the lead role, if you like, after Damian Lewis left. Yeah. And he took over Axe Capital. But he played Peter Russo in House of Cards as well. Well, he's literally my favourite person in the show. I just found, I just thought it was too glossy. I just couldn't believe that these were actual refugees and, you know, the whole thing was just so done, so glossy. Um, I, I just, I, that's why I didn't find it real at all. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. That's why I say it was a bit theatrical. It was, it was very staged, if you like, but I like that, that sort of, and that, let them do a bit of a attention to detail. It reminded me of um, Hotel Portofino, much much the same way. Very limited sets, but looked very authentic in the terms of the location. Yeah. Um, but I just I just enjoy that sort of storytelling. Um, created the, the I think the showrunner is Anna Winger, who made that Unorthodox, which I think we talked about. Yeah, we did. I liked Unorthodox. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it was about a, an Orthodox Jewish woman who sort of tried to get out of her life in, I think, New York. New went, York, yeah. Went to um, relocated in somewhere in Germany, I'm pretty sure, and and wanted to sort of start a new life and and get away from the sort of the, I don't know the, the sort of what she was brought up with, and she the found very um, life. She was yeah. trying to be a bit more free. Yeah, that was yeah. a good show. 
It was. It was. And that felt very authentic, whereas I don't find this – this feels very romanticised to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it does have that feel about it, but I, I still really enjoyed it. I just yeah, found it quite compelling and it was, you know, it, it was a climax and then, you know, you, you, you found out what happened and, and the sort of good work they were doing. Yeah. Um, that takes us to power. This one's on Prime Video. I think there's going to be nine in total. There's, I think, as we record this, just four episodes have dropped. And sticking to my uh, regime regime this week, I've actually watched all four. Oh my God, I feel like <laughs> I've done nothing all week that you've been doing I, all of this. Yeah, let the homework is um, <laughs> so I want an A plus for my homework this week. Oh, you got it. You got it. I've watched the first episode. Hey, they've, they've dropped a bucket of cash on this, haven't they? Oh, they have for sure. Yeah, it's amazing. And that, that first episode sort of sets it up, but it I, I don't know if I actually liked the first episode a real lot. I wasn't sure what it was about, where it was going. It started to make sense after because they had to explain a fair bit in that first episode. Yeah. By that second episode, it starts to make a bit of sense. I mean, the the story is a book by uh, Naomi Alderton. I think it, I think it did very well. So a lot of people know about this. I think. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Tells the story of teenage girls who develop the power to generate electricity. <laughs> yeah. And electrocute people. Then the the film rolls out tells about the social implications that follow on from this. I mean, this is very now. You know, to have. Yeah you know, more stories with female leads. And this is like the ultimate female empowerment story, you know, women who are, you know, able to zap electricity out of their fingers towards, you know, men who are tormenting them, men that are trying, trying to abuse them. Uh, it's it's a great concept. Um, it'll be really interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, look, I've bought into this big time, though, from that second episode on. I, I love it. I, I was certainly going along for the journey to watch them all. Tony Collette plays the mayor of Seattle, um, which is one of the first places on the planet where sort of this is sort of people realise what's going on, the media pick up on the story. Um, it has some fairly serious implications early on. Uh, John Leguizamo, was it Leguizamo? Leguizamo, yeah. Leguizamo uh, plays her husband's also a doctor, so he's got a bit of an interest in what's going on here. And there's a young guy called Toheb Jimo, I'll have a crack at pronouncing that. He plays a budding, um, budding video journalist, if you like. He happens to be, I think in that first episode, somebody gets a, a video of one of these early electrocutions, if you like, and it goes viral. Yeah. Um, he gets a pretty interesting job offer out of that. And then he he's quite significant, but by episode four, there's a, a fair bit going on with him. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, when that first episode starts and you're meeting all the characters and very much doing vignettes of each person, and it was like, oh, yeah, young woman, young woman, young woman. Well, hang on a second. Who's Tunde? There's, there's got to be something going on here. So, yeah, I, I, clearly he's part of it. And, look, I think it's great to see uh, John Leguizamo in that. You know, he was in Sydney, you know, 20 years ago making Moulin Rouge. And oh, I yes. remember him at the opening of Fox Studios. What a fun <laughs> guy he was. You know, he and Ewan, Ewan McGregor were just working the crowd. They talked to anybody. They were, you know, having so much fun while they were in Sydney making that movie. Yeah. 
It's a, a British-Canadian uh, co-production, this one, partly filmed in Namibia, um, which I think is where they recreate different parts of um, the Middle East, if you like. I won't, won't right. go into too much detail, but that unfolds um, in in subsequent episodes. And just look at some of the the first two episodes give you an idea of of where this is going. Um, a better future is in your hands was the first one, and the world is on fucking fire was, <laughs> was the name of the second one. Yeah. So, you know, they, they have a bit of fun with this, but it's um it's really amazing. And it's um, yeah, it's just it's really got me hooked. And that's you know, it's three out of three for me this week so far. Would you call it sci-fi? Yeah, yes, but that gives you um it's sci-fi very much with real world implications, though, isn't it? You know, yeah, um, yeah, it, it does. It, it it does feel very much like it's set in the world of today. It's very yeah. believable premises. Um, yeah, but you know, the, certainly there, there's sci-fi elements to that show for sure. But yeah, yeah it's not set in some you know weird outer space planet or spaceship or anything like that. But I, I would pretty much call this sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. The um, I I did think at various times, often during this so far, that. Thank goodness it was women that got this power because <laughs> you can imagine how fucked up the planet would get if men could oh do God. something like that. We'd all be gone, I reckon, in a matter of days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That'd <laughs> be curtains. Look, um, a few other quick things to talk about this week. Let's let's start with um, Succession, if you like. It was an incredible episode. And look, if people have got this far, if you haven't seen it, maybe – you want to stop now because we can't really talk about it. There will be spoilers, but I, I'm guessing most people who are watching Succession would have heard about it now and made sure they've watched this episode. Well, you know, on Monday I was busy and I forgot to watch it. <laughs> and on Tuesday morning I got my Media Week letter, you know, daily report, yeah. and they were like, five or six stories about what happened in succession and I was like stop everything something went down so I did I like watched it at nine o'clock in the morning and went I can't I can't go through this day uh waiting for tonight to watch this but I must admit there was so much press written about it I did have a bit of an inkling of what was about to happen I thought gee it's going to be big and then I thought well the biggest thing I can think of to happen is what happened but nevertheless the way that they did it so unexpectedly and so kind of low key it was really really well done yeah i I really want to go and watch that episode again before next week i think because the the death of of a of a main character has really dominated the show and all the press subsequently yeah there's so much else going on in that episode as well yeah you know, little things like you know logan instructed um um Kieran, his younger son played yeah, by Kieran culkin yeah um who plays roman yeah he instructed roman to sack jerry who's been the the long-time legal counsel yeah and uh, you know a sparring partner of ronan's and, he, and he's given him the task of getting rid of her i mean that alone was would have been central to any other episode you know 
but it was really in the background here where everything went on. And then they, I loved it how the the producers kept the audience in the dark as much as the cast was when it was all yeah. unfolding. Yeah. You never really were certain where you is he or isn't he? You know, we yeah. we were getting as much information as the as the family um, after it happened. And it's interesting. I'd like to rewatch it again just to remember what was the last line of dialogue that was said by Roy Logan because he kind of got on the plane and it was so kind of you know matter of fact. And it's kind of like, well, what, what was the last thing that he actually said in the show? Um, yeah, you're right. There's so much going on. Like one of my favourite moments was when, you know, they were all, they were on the boat uh, for the wedding and they decided, you know, Kendall and Roman and Shiv were going upstairs to discuss something and Greg was following them and Shiv like said to him, don't touch me. He put his hand on her shoulder and she said, don't touch me. Like, you know, and just cut him down. Like you're not really part of our family. And that was before everything big went down. Yeah, there was lots going on. Yeah, poor old cousin Greg. He, um, he, he cops it all the time, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but it's going to be an amazing. So we've got seven episodes left. Yeah, to find out really what happens with Succession, right? Which is, in theory, what the whole series was sort of going to be about. But yeah. we've got through four episodes. We've got through what forty-three episodes before we really get to the Succession battle, I guess, if you like. Yeah. And, and do you love the love the part where you know it was about? Well, yeah, we have to think about this from a family point of view, but also we need to think about this from a company point of view. We've got to protect the company. We've got to make sure the shareholders and the investors don't get freaked out. And uh, yeah, that was very telling the way that it was immediately shifting to that side of it as well. Yeah, and um, you've got to think: Will there? You know, Logan Roy has probably left some other bombshells, hasn't he? Do you think? Will there be some sort of will or there'll be some there'll be some structure of the company board that he's sort of done or you know, there'll be some surprises, I think, that that the um the children will come up against in the remaining episodes. They'll have to be. I can't wait. Yeah, no, it'll be good. It'll be good. Listen, I um for Media Week this I I was Going to do this every year, but it's been it's been about eighteen months since I first did a top ten streaming services, and I've had another crack at it, and finally got around to publishing it this week. And the idea was, just look, what gives you the biggest bang for for your dollar, if you like? Not really who's got the best shows, although that's part of it. Not what's the cheapest, although that's part of it. But a sort of a a confluence of factors, if you like. Yep which makes something stand out. And number one for me last time was Binge. It's $10 a month, and it's like most of the good stuff on Foxtel, but for a, a fraction of the Foxtel price, and I yeah. just find that hard to go past again, but it's still $10. Well, if they've got that HBO car, uh, catalog, yeah. that is going to be a great ten dollars spent. But it's interesting, isn't it, with all the stuff that's going on with HBO in America, HBO Max, the streaming services just renamed themselves Max. Yeah, um, and the guy from HBO said that he wants to come into the Australian market, but Foxtel would be 
I would imagine almost willing to pay anything to keep that <laughs> cachet of shows on binge. What will they have if they don't have HBO? My God. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? That's um look, some of those HBO shows don't get huge audiences. And, you know, there was big big audiences watch succession, but nothing like the media coverage it gets. Yeah. And that's way out of proportion with what it reminds me a little bit of Mad Men. Although this is a little bit different, but Mad Men used to get written about so much, but the audiences in Australia were pretty tiny, you know. Um, you know, when when HBO get it right with like a Game of Thrones or, you know, yeah. The Last of Us this year, they really get it right, hey? Oh, yeah. And it's, you know, they're gems. Um, yeah, you mentioned Last of Us and Game of Thrones. They're two shows that really cut through to the wider community. Yeah. Um, and for that 10 bucks, look, they do have some ads now. They're mainly pre-rolls, but it's HD now. It didn't used to be. It used to be standard definition. But, you know, for $10, I think it's pretty hard to beat. Um, I, don't have a pro- I don't have a problem with a couple of ads pre-roll. I'm noticing that so, now. Foxtel yeah. 2 now. You you go to stream something on your Foxtel IQ and two ads roll before the show. I don't have a problem with a, a couple of ads beforehand. I think I'd have a problem if they started up uh, interrupting the show, so. Yeah. And look, just the, some of the rest of my top ten. Number two, um, Prime Video. They were the biggest mover on the chart for me. I had them at six previously, up to number uh, two. Look, it's $7 a month. You get a whole lot of other benefits too. I'm not sure some people don't use Amazon. Well, that's okay. But you can still, I think it's still worth it if you only look at the um, the video. There's increasingly, you know, like that's where the power lives, uh, Tony Collette. Um, there's a lot of movies there, uh, everything from, you know, everything uh, everywhere all at once. Uh, good luck to you, Leah Grant. Um, Dead Ringers with uh, Rachel Weiss is coming up that's soon. That's coming soon. And look, yeah. they've got the last season of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And yep. I've watched the first two episodes of that, and that is mind-blowing, the final season. You know, they've been begging us not to do plot spoilers, and I'm certainly not going to do it, but that first episode really throws everything up in the air. Um, and there's also a great um, photo shoot um, of the two lead actresses if you go to entertainmentweeklyew.com. Oh and uh, you'll see them playing all of the great female duos of comedy like Mary Tyler Moore and Rhoda, Laverne and Shirley. It's a bit of fun. It's right there on the cover page. So uh, a lot of excitement around that final season of uh, Maisel uh, dropping uh, this week on Amazon Prime. And next month, I think they're probably going to get Air. That's the new uh, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck movie. Yeah. Uh, I think it's about to get into cinemas, but it's been f- it's an Amazon production, so you'd have to think it's going to end up on their streaming it's, platform. It's in cinemas now, and people, oh, okay. are looking at it, but it sounds like they're going to give it an exclusive window a bit early on Prime Video. Yeah. Some mixed reviews early on, I think, but anyway, it sounds it sounds fun. Um, Netflix, I had in at three. Disney Plus at number four. Been a bit disappointed with some of the content on Disney Plus lately, but look, if you're if you're into superheroes and Star Wars. That's probably going to be close to number one for you, you know. But, or you've got kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah, true. Or the yeah. Disney stuff, yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be right up there. Stan I had at number five, dropped down from number three. You know, they've got a lot of good stuff, but I don't know. For me, I just found I haven't been going there as much just lately. 
Yeah, look, I'm I'm on stand all the time because of RuPaul's Drag Race. Of course. And, of course, yeah, yeah. you know, I love their um, Australian shows. In fact, they've got one this week that I'll be talking about in uh, Media Week, and it's called Totally Completely Fine. It's a new Aussie series um, about a young girl who inherits a house on a cliff where it's a famous suicide spot. Uh, and uh, it's a it's a great series. It's been made in conjunction with the Sundance Channel. And yeah, look, nobody's pumping out as much Australian drama as Stan is. That is their calling card, and they do it very, very well. Yeah, I might made a point of pointing that out. That's their one really, um, you know, noticeable the thing they've got really going for them. Look, and just finally, the um, one I put in in at number ten. I, I always forget about it when I think of well, YouTube Premium. You know, for for what you get, look, I watch YouTube a fair bit, but I I just do it for free because I don't mind little ads and you, you can skip a lot of them and stuff. But it's it's pretty amazing. Like, did you know this weekend Coachella is on YouTube? Wow. <laughs> Which that I think there's two weekends of the festival. They have all six stages and every act. So it's pretty amazing. But did you write that it's fourteen dollars ninety nine a month for YouTube Premium? Yeah, fifteen bucks. That's a lot. That's oh, a, yeah, I guess that you can get for free, right? Yeah, I think there are other things. I think you get in there, but yeah, you know. But the the number of people, it's um, what's there something like? It's over fifteen million people use YouTube, um, the the in general. I yeah. don't think they've got a figure for the Australian, but there's um a lot of those people play premium. Because, yeah, you know, right. I think a lot of people watch a lot of content on YouTube. And if you watched a lot of content on YouTube, I think you'd probably be happy to pay just to get rid of all the ads. Yeah, yeah. Okay, look, finally, um, let's show of the week. This is really tough one for me this week. But oh, beef, beef. There's, no, there's nowhere else to go but beef. <laughs> that is the show of the week. That is the show of the month. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um. I was really torn between that and transatlantic, but yeah, it's got to be beef. Um, that's going to have massive impact. I think the word's going to spread. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a bit like Squid Game, I think, the word of mouth, you know. Oh, for sure. For I mean, this is a lot better than Squid Game. It's just a, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just a brilliant series. Um, so much to offer. Um, we might have a little chat quickly about it too when you've finished it all. It'd okay. be interesting to get your thanks. Look, um, quickly, this the, the – uh, listener email we had from um byron uh, writing to us from tokyo um tokyo, says, japan. yeah tokyo japan so um we've got listeners everywhere and look don't forget we'd love to hear from you look what are you watching um what are you enjoying any thoughts on on some of the big shows we've been talking about have you watched beef yet or are you interested in it um, what's your streaming platforms? Or if you live overseas or Byron, get back to us and tell us about the streaming platforms in Japan. What's you know, the essentials must have over there? I'd love to. You know what love I'd love it. Byron to tell us is, <laughs> you know, what does he watch the international version of iView, ABC's, you know, international service? And what Aussie shows does he watch on iView to, to make him feel like, you know, he's getting a bit of um, Australiana while he lives in Japan? Well, it gives me a good segue. His email says, look, long-time listener and reader of Media Week um, on the new Love Me series. So there you go. He's, he's managed to track that down in Japan. Um, he loved the first series. He echoes our comments. 
uh, from the podcast you listened to recently. I agree the Hugo Weaving Heather Mitchell chemistry is great on screen. It's also nice to see them reunite some 40 years after they played love interests in the Bodyline series. Did they? Wow, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. So, Byron. Well spotted, Byron. Uh, thank you yeah. for um, thank you for the email and uh, get back in touch if you've got any um, other details about um, life in Tokyo. Anything you want to leave us with, uh, Andrew, this week? Um, no, I'll, I'm, I'm talking about all the new Aussie shows around at the moment. Okay. Um, but in particular, I want to talk about um, some of the, uh, the the great older veteran seasoned actors in it, like Hugo Weaving and uh, Heather Mitchell and, uh, you know, who's who I really noticed and loved in uh, Well Mania and totally, completely fine. And so, yeah, great to see some Aussie dramas out there, but always great to see uh, some of those uh, older actors. Uh, and sometimes I wish they had a little bit more to do in these shows, but it's always great to see them. All righty, Andrew Mercado, thanks so much. Um, you can read Andrew every Friday at mediaweek.com.au and in the Media Week Morning Report. Don't forget to subscribe. There's a little panel on our homepage. All you have to do is punch in your email address and we'll put you on the list. We'll be back again in seven days. Have a great week, James. 